Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. All right. I'm having technical issues again today. Oh, I am getting nothing but echo. All right. All right. Is that, is that better? better? Slightly. <laughs> All right, we're going to do something different here. Give me one minute. All right, we're going to switch over my system. All right. Now, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. We're good to go. All right. Sorry, guys. We had technical difficulties this morning, as always. Things go wrong when you're doing live. So welcome to Monday's edition of Hometown Heroes. We have the privilege to welcome to our show a champion against child trafficking, a champion against things that are so wrong in our society right now and how we have turned a blind eye to it. Welcome to our guest, Chris Foley. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Nancy. How's things with you? It's going, same. Every day, it's just not bad in my world. Right. Yeah. So you're a uh, you're a veteran, right? I am a veteran. Um, 15 years in the U.S. Army. Well, thank you and for your service. I am. Thank you. No worries. And I had my eyes opened up when I was stationed on in Texas about a lot of things that were going wrong that we turned a lot of blind eyes to. But, you know, if you're a follower of us shows, you'll, you'll learn that, you know, I do raise two special gifted children. We don't call them special needs. We call them gifted because they're two autistic children. And, like, for instance, my daughter, who has a heart of gold, 
create a program called the Kindness Club, and it's all about acts of kindness. And what we're finding out is kids like that are the ones that are in danger of being manipulated in society, of being bad things happening to them because they don't have that mental capacity to say no. And they don't understand a lot of things and don't always have that communication skills to be able to step up and say, you know, no. And so this has been a passion of mine. What got you going into this? Especially with the heat of the new movie came out with um, Jim Caviezel and The Sound of Freedom. I've been aware since pretty young. Uh, I ended up in the foster care system. I'm not uh, not one of these folks that have been educated thoroughly or wrote a book about anything. I just uh, I just lived it. Uh, my dad was a 50-year military veteran who uh, he was good. He was a good soldier, but he was quite lacking as far as fatherhood went. Uh, my childhood was uh, pretty much and uh, when I didn't do exactly as told uh, the repercussions were painful not like uh, today's repercussions right um, uh, he yeah he beat the crap out of me for some years and when he decided that he was going to turn a hand to my mother I decided that wasn't going to happen, and uh, things got pretty out of hand, and uh, cops were called, CPS got involved, and then I was in state custody. I went through the foster care system. Uh, I ended up back in Australia living with my mother and uh, came back here when I turned 17. I've been on my own ever since pretty long story so I'll jump from there to the end where uh, about 10 years ago I was uh, stabbed to death to for someone to obtain custody of my children without a fight and uh, alienated from my children for 11 years and uh, and mind you throughout all this I'm I'm researching on my own and living the life of someone that uh, I can't say suffer from generational trauma because even though that's what it is, I don't like to paint myself as a victim of anything. Um, so, like I said, uh, about 10 years ago, I was stabbed to death and uh, alienated from my kids for about 11 years. And one day I received a phone call from their mother saying that I had three options. I could come get my son, she could give him to the state, or she could kill him. And I needed to pick. So I picked to go get my son. And uh, I've watched him be alienated from his sister since he's come to live with me. And the person that he is 
reminded me of myself when I was having that relationship with my father. So I knew for one that I didn't want to repeat that. And for two, I wanted to make sure that somebody somewhere was trying to bring everyone together to fight against child abuse as a whole. Because, like you said, you have a a vested interest in uh, fighting for gifted kids, right? Because you're a mother of gifted kids. You can see that they're vulnerable, and there's something that you want to do about that. Well, I mean, we have probably 100,000 different factions of that I'm watching since I've started this. And I think that may be what it is that we're missing is the unity of it. You know what I mean? I hear from everybody that it's like trying to boil an ocean. And and I totally agree with the fact that fighting against this kind of corruption within our system is going to be like boiling an ocean. But a lot of the people out there are obsessed with just getting their picture on the Wheaties box. They have no interest in getting a team photo on that Wheaties box. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the photo on a Wheaties box. Oh, yeah. No, it's completely how it is. And our social services department is beyond messed up. How basically three individuals have control over who don't know you from Adam to Eve over what's going to happen to your kids. Right. And I'm, I'm getting a hold of this whole unity movement that's outside of what it is that we do. And <laughs> they're not wrong. The government is actually forcing division on us from every angle. And it's logical because if white people hate black people and men hate women or women hate men or vice versa anyway, mm-hmm. then we can't work as a team. And you that's know, really what it's going to take. Yeah, it is. And that's the sad part is, you know, one thing we talk about a lot on our show, my shows, is about, you know, being, remember back in the 80s. People like Punky Brewster, the whole movement of not having that label, not having that identity, being outside that box. Because the government's right. pushing this label on us. Everybody has to have yeah. a label. Everybody has to fit into this category. And if category. there's a category, yeah. you, don't, you don't fit into that category, there's something wrong with you and you don't belong. And the cancel culture yeah. and all this is just all created to divide everything up. Yeah, and that and that was totally me my whole life. I I didn't belong. I didn't fit in because I questioned everything all the time. They tried to convince me that Jesus was blonde haired, blue eyed, and grew up in a desert. Sorry, no. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> I can Isn't get this- brown hair, brown eyes, or brown hair, blue eyes. But you best have some olive skin. You better not look like me. That's it. 
<laughs> when you I know. started asking those questions, they kicked me out of kindergarten. That's how my son is. Right. And yeah. we now you know, have to change school because of it. And my kids are. My daughter, not so much. She doesn't understand that yet. But my son questions everything. And just because I said so, doesn't work. Right. And that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Should question everything because lots of people lie. <laughs> that's it. And he, he's not afraid to call you out when you lie. And that's the bad. It's not a bad part, but it kind of sort of is because he doesn't have that filter yet. So he just tells you uh, how it is. Right. So it's I'm very blunt. I am too. It's just having teachers sit there and tell you that your kid's uncooperative and disrespectful. And I go, well, you know what? He doesn't understand what that means. I mean, he does, but he doesn't understand how to change it. And I'd rather see him talk right. than filter him and he don't talk at all. I'm not going through that again. And right. he did lie to him point blank. You know, it's like my daughter. She will tell you that if you're doing something bad to a kid, you make fun of a child, like especially her like her little brother, you're bad, you're evil. You'll go to hell. Well and they look at me and I go, Well, she's not wrong. (laughs) I knew that when I was a little kid. You didn't pick on the special ones. (laughs) I had like I say when I was in foster care, I had a foster brother. There was what they call Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody picked on him. Everybody. Until I showed him that he could pick up the front end of a Buick. Once once he went to school and started picking up the front end of cars, that they stopped. And that's it. And that's, you know, and... that's just more of the division that I was talking about. You know what I mean? There's always something wrong with somebody else where we can't be a team player with that person. You know what I mean? For whatever yeah. reason, we can come up with, and I'm over it. You know, you're working on creating this movement. You're working on this change, and bringing all these things together. And there's so many groups out there trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. What, you know, child abuse has been a big thing since the 80s. Before that, it was okay to yeah. beat your kids. But, right. you know, how do we change it at the the main level, you know, like um, I've seen so many documentaries, especially with LA County being the largest county in the country. And mm-hmm. there's so much corruption. There's so much neglect. Mm-hmm. How do we change that? And you have to do it at the base level. We We are at some point going to have to divide ourselves from the federal government. There's 
no other way. If government is involved in our families, then there will always be the sale of our children. It's been going on for decades. This, I believe that this started during the, uh, uh, oh God, now I'm going to draw a blank, the Indian industrial schools. Yeah. Carlisle, Carlisle Indian, Indian industrial schools. Uh, there was yeah. missions affiliated also at the exact same time in Australia. They were doing the exact same thing, stealing native children, selling them as slaves to white people. Now it's just the race doesn't matter. <laughs> I created an entire video just on that idea, but uh, it moves pretty quick. I don't People can keep up. <laughs> well, you know, it says that's right a good there, point. It, it shows everything. You know, one of the most abducted, not talked about races of children right now are Native Americans. And because we're so segregated between them and us, they're not reported, they're not talked about. It's just deal with it yourself. But they're not doing it to each other. Right. And then yeah. you got the foster system where nobody, you know, anyone can be a foster parent. And it's sad because yeah. there's no checks and balances. But most of those kids are being destroyed before they even have a chance. Yeah, I know. I was there. It's, uh, and even though, for the most part, my foster dad and, well, not so much my foster mom. She wasn't really into it. But my foster dad was kick-ass. All of his time with us that he could. Trained us how to do whatever it is he knew how to do. And he even gave us the money that he was given to support us. Well, not all of it, obviously, but he shared that with the foster kids that were in his home. Like, I never had a uh, a bad holiday while I was with him. He always made sure that the holidays were good for us. He made sure that every day was good for us. But I had been in other foster homes that treated you like you were less than nothing. And you're basically there to be the servant for them? Yeah. Yep, they sat around on their ass doing uh, QVC and such. And uh, the kids, yeah, we were the ones that did all the housework. And uh, it was usually pretty white trash, you know, uh, looked like a mess house. Broken cars all over the yard, shit stacked up against the buildings. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> the state has, halfway houses were even worse. Not as far as looks, oh, but yeah. as far as treatment to the children. I didn't and last long the there. Part I beat people it. up and ran away. <laughs> but nobody cared. There was like almost like it was better for you to have left than it was for them to deal with you. Yeah.
and the sad part is, and most foster systems suck, but the sad part is, is the parents or the kids that should be taken out of foster or take, put into foster or taken out of their home aren't. Yeah. It's the ones that should be left at home that are the ones that end up screwed up. Right. Like uh, Gabriel Fernandez. Correct. That's, uh, and that's their... why I have such an issue with the anti-CPS crowd, you know, the we just have to abolish CPS altogether. That's, it's not a solution because if we do just abolish CPS, yes, we are saving children from being abducted. But at the same time, you can't deny that CPS does save children. They're... Mm-hmm are and have been and are continued to be children that are safe from shitty situations. <laughs> but it's like defunding the police. What happened when we did that? Shit got worse. So if we defund CPS, what's going to happen? Yeah, those kids will stay in the home with their parents not all parents are good parents. Filicide is a thing. Uh, do, do you, you want to explain what that is? I do, but would you explain it to our listeners, please? Filicide is the murder of one's own child. And it occurs a lot more than one would like to think. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to state the statistics because it seems to make me enemies on the female end of it. So look that up, please, everybody. (laughs) It's sad how many mothers, and I hate to say this because, you know, I am one, but mothers are more apt. But then again, it's because they are around them more than dads are, which isn't a bad thing. Right. Well, Mary, can I yeah, jump in right here, right come. quick? I just, Mary, um, and and the gentleman that's talking, my mind is just. I so appreciate you being on the phone today. I came in late, um, but I am. I also, Mary. I, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. I I even called Victoria. I said, Victoria, you got to get on the line. They they talking some deep stuff. I just wanted to say quickly. Do you guys know that last night I was watching a movie on Tubi and the mother. She was an FBI agent. Her son was so messed up because she left him and other people raised him. But at the end of the movie, it was a dual fight between mother and son. And the words that came out of his mouth was crushing me. And the way that she was responding was crushing me. And the way they came at each other. So it just couldn't be a, I don't believe in coincidence. I know God is talking to us right now. I know that he is because I just went to sleep with that. I said, Father, how could I didn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't grasp the visual of a mother 
toe-to-toe with her son, and she killed him. I'm gone right now, you guys. I thank you for letting me interrupt. I'm so passionate about these. Mary knows this. To the gentleman who's talking, I hope this is not my last time that I hear from you. I hope that, you know, we all now are part of a team. We all need to do this. And when I heard you say, Mary asked you, but what could be our solution or one of the solutions? You said, let's separate ourselves from this federal government. And they come in all colors. It's not a color thing. I'm on your side today. I'm <laughs> You're on right. your side. You're so right, gonna, girl. Let me let you finish talking. And I want my niece to hear you. She's on the night. Her name is Victoria. we here in Buffalo, <laughs> New York. And um, we are your sisters. We are your sisters and your daughters and your aunts. We are right here. So, Mary, you, you the bomb, Mary. <laughs> You the bomb. Mary is the bomb. She really is. So we're on the line, Mary. We're here, and we're all listening. I'm going to pass the mic. Thank you. Thanks, Queen. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> so, well, it's good like to hear from one of the aunties. Oh, yeah, she is, and she's very she's great. I'd like to introduce you to the president of the Hope Collection which is a non-for-profit organization that helps others by helping them to help others. Ron, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Chris, I understand, is your first name? Yes, yes. Nice to meet you, Ron. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. What part of the country are you calling from? Uh, the hottest part, Florida. Oh, all right. Well, Keep it that way for us. We're up in sunny Buffalo, New York, where it likes 50 degrees last night. I know it gets that way there, too, but we like St. Augustine, and uh, we're checking that out. Uh, <laughs> my wife just retired. Anyways, uh, we want to welcome you to the call, Linda. Right. Uh, Mary had introduced me and described you and your mission uh, that you're working on, which we herald. And... Uh, I, this was the first chance I've been able to just call in and say hello, let you know as the president. I'm, I'm not the founder of the Hope Collection. I am the original president. The founder was my best friend of 40 years. His name is Dr. Joel Griffin, and uh, he was an advisor to three presidents besides founding the Hope Collection. And our theme is helping others by helping them help others. That's our theme. And um, as the president, we've been guiding the organization, and when Joel passed away, uh, his wife asked me to step in and take over. Nobody else would do the job, so they threw me back in charge. Anyways, uh, Chris, we're, what we're doing is we're locating, and we what our, how we operate is we find organizations that are doing the work and the good things and affecting people's lives. We're not looking to do it. You're not equipped to do it. But what we're equipped is finding people like yourself who have an incredible, I mean, with what's going on in this country today, and I don't have to convince you, you know that why is why you're doing it. And as we come to know each mm-hmm. other, and um, I, I hope you find, we're a platform. And thanks to Mary Stanley, she's expanded our, our platform and our outreach, and we're continually working to do that. And uh, so... If you're comfortable, we, we are a faith-based organization. We don't hide it. We don't deny it. Nor we just uh, we're not we're not evangelizing people. We're, all we're doing is just encouraging people to have faith. Because quite frankly, I don't. Joel felt the same thing. Nothing works without it. And so, uh, as long as you're yeah. true to understanding that, we're on good terms. And uh, so, I wanted to welcome you today and appreciate you sending out. 
and uh, perhaps we can um, get to talk to each other after the show another time. Maybe we can do a face-to-face on Zoom, and uh, we can get to know each other a little bit and see how we can best expand and outreach for what you're doing. It's critical. I know that. I hope so. I hope so. We're definitely on uh, on the same page in the same book because that's what I believe in, too, is helping other people to help other people. Uh, I now, can't do it the things that in any other manner are, other than, than uh, supportively right now, but <laughs> we're working on it. One of the things, Chris, one of the things we're exploring, and um, the lady that just got out the phone, uh, uh, Kim, she's an incredible woman, uh, has a heart for touching lives and, and reaching out people. And let's just put it this way. She's been there. And so she knows firsthand the tragedy and the things that people deal with. And she gets her hands into something that she can be involved in. Look out. Um, <laughs> I, um, the one thing I want to say, she has, she has a committee where we're working to explore places. I don't want to have 50. It would be too many. I'm looking for a couple clear 800 number outreach phone numbers that the very people that you're trying to reach could use that we could put on our landing page that someone who would come across that they could be referred to, and and that's what we do, we refer, and then they could get a hold of somebody live. If you have an organization that has a 24-7 live phone number, let's talk about how, and you can talk to Mary about that, how maybe we can utilize yeah. and help you. As we check each other out here, and we use the word vetted, and if that works out, we'll uh, we'll go from there. I have a call coming in from my mentor, and I have to take this call right now. So it was nice to meet you, Chris. You as well. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye, Ron. Bye. Cool. Definitely a. uh a different format that I'm used to for sure. But uh, we I are, think oh, we are out of the box. I have built my career. <laughs> I've built my, my influence by being out of the box. You may not agree with it, agree with me, but that's your opinion. Yeah. As long as you still talk to me about it, we're good. Exactly. <laughs> I don't believe in I the hope, cancel culture. I hope people disagree with me. I hope people disagree with me. That's that's how we resolve things. Exactly. Right. Right. Where you come, you cool. I like or you. Or somebody Chris. else. I like you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm putting I'm putting prayer in for you. You know, I um we are we are some of the galaxy rough riders, if you will. I come with a sometimes so you can't force people to do I'm not here to force anyone, but I do speak in a forceful manner because we need to stop or you know, you know, when people like us our mindsets and we say, Hey, you know, we doing we the children and that and then you get people say, Well, you know they don't like that. Chris, I'm gonna say the day along with you. We're gonna have to meet those days and those thems and you know, and just, just straight up just talk to them at the door and be like, Look, 
we ain't having this no more. I'm also lining up to uh, do foster kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all over the place. I'm gonna do it all. I want I want to get on the line and talk to the vets who's committing suicide twenty a day, and you know I, we don't need permission from the government to be uh, people who help people. So all of us people who are yeah. in line and we got the energy to help people, we now got to speak in authority. You know, we got to speak in authority. Yeah. We don't, we're not coming with guns and bombs and things like that. We're coming with love and peacemaking. But we still have a godly, heavenly right to speak in authority. Let me pass the mat. Let me pass the mic back to you. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to throw you a little bit under the bus. Just because I want okay. your opinion on this. <laughs> so we are in... Yeah. I believe we are in a crisis when it comes to this whole gender identity issue. I don't understand uh, why it's an issue. Because what we're doing now, five years ago, what if we considered child abuse? We would have lost our kids for it. Uh-huh. But now they are literally passing regulations in the schools and the government, local government to where parents don't have their rights to say, you're born a girl. Be a girl for right now. Figure it out when you become of age. I'm not paying for it. I'm not screwing you up to the point where you can literally have your child change from a boy to a girl because you don't agree with it when they're born. Right. Or they decide or they're brainwashed into thinking because, you know, we're no longer a tomboy. We're a boy because we think like a boy and have permanent results with only a couple hours of therapy and start screwing their bodies up is okay. Yeah. Is that it? I wanted your opinion. All right. So check this Elmo bench press that bus. I want to tuck it off a clip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, it's, It's real easy. It's real easy. It comes down to one thing. It comes down to mass narcissism, the ability to manipulate those narcissists into believing that they're correct and culling the population. Because once you put them on those hormone drugs, they're done. They ain't having kids. Once you cut them off, or drill a hole, no more kids. And if you notice, for the last 20 years, we have been headed. Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? No. That was a documentary. That was a documentary about the United States. Rich, intellectual people are waiting till 45 to have children. 40, 35, 40, 45 to have children. Hmm. By that time, they're realizing that they actually don't want them or they're having issues in bearing them (laughs) because they've been screwing with our DNA for decades. It's proven. Hmm. So if you don't have them young, when you're dumb, you ain't going to have them. You're young and you're dumb. 
usually ain't going to raise them right. And now it's what? 200 bucks per divorce? There's no such thing as sticking out of marriage. No. That's the, that's the first thing people do now. Oh, you're a dick. We're getting a divorce. Well, shit, all I did was leave the toilet seat up 372 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you missed? Back, yeah, yeah. Back when my grandparents were married, that it, it mattered. Yeah, that, that pissed the old lady off. Learn something. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't what caused divorce. No. You know what I mean? And now it's, oh, it's all about giving up before you even try to fix it. Or, yeah. you know, especially back in the 90s, it was all about, oh, well, I like him because he's cute, but I'm going to change him to mold him into who I want him to be. And they figure right. out, oh, yeah, that doesn't work. And then you're stuck. Yeah, I went and right. bought a girl mm-hmm. in a dark toilet seat for that reason. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to change nobody. What? You can't love somebody to change them. No, no, and we give. Uh, what are we? What are we teaching our kids when Can you hear me? we? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Victoria. Oh, hi. I'm so. I didn't mean to interrupt. I heard um, Auntie uh, the Queen. I heard her meant um say my name. I had my phone on mute. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, I hear everybody hi. talking. Um. Hi. Um, I hear everybody um, speaking about different issues that's going on in the world today. Uh, I just think it's crazy. I just think everything that's going on is crazy. And I do believe that our voice is one of the most powerful weapons you can send out into the atmosphere with our father on our side because he, he gives us, uh, we become our, the willing vessel of his, of his spirit um, for good. And I just want to say our voice is one of the most powerful weapons. So um, if I can do anything um, and, it, and and speaking about something that's truthful and something that matters, um, I can agree with the with, with, with um, man online. What is your name again? I'm sorry, sir. What's your name? Chris. Chris? Oh, Chris. Yeah, hi, Chris. Yeah, you spoke so yes, well. Um, I really, really, really um, enjoyed listening to you and um you know, your observation on everything that's going on in the world, which is absurd. It's, I mean, to me, it's just sick. And then, you know, Mary mentioned um, the thing as far as um, the children uh, being allowed to say that they are different than what they were born. And whew, it just gets me exhausted because I'm a, I'm a mother and I have three children. And uh, one of the reasons I took my two children out of school is because they're not speaking as well as I would like them to just yet. And the curriculums that uh-huh. they have in school uh, it, it, uh, blindly raises them to, to think other than how I want them to think or how I want them to be as far as they are young uh-huh. men and soon to be older men. And, um, you know, some of these curriculums, you know, like my, uh, they have the children uh, reading and put body parts in the books and stuff like that, which I don't agree with. And I think that's, you know, that's just really out of hand, out of line. Uh, my daughter came home maybe a few days ago and told me she was in school. She has a seven-year-old, eight-year-old friend who is a boy who is saying he's changing his name to Lisa or something like that. And I just told her, you know, if that's your friend, you just tell him you'll pray for him and that you love him and you're going to pray 
that Yahweh blesses him. And that's it. Because um, when, like, like Mary was saying, when you go to school, you know, the teachers, they now think that they're your parents. And um, they now think that mm-hmm. they, um, they're raised because they do, they do have your children for most of the time of the day. So they are really, uh, you are putting them in their, uh, in their hands. Um, but to, sure, to quickly say, I'm just saying the whole thing is just absurd. And then the people that is running this country, are, well, I don't like to call it a country because we are in a continent, and people keep saying it's a country, and that's confusing too because we live, America <laughs> is considered a continent, and we keep calling it a country right. because the United of the States. Well, so, you know, that's a lie. It's just like everything is just built on lies and more lies and more lies. And yeah. then, you know, people want to come yeah. over here from different places because they feel like they come over here to um, America, the U.S. of A., they feel like they come over here, they can be as free as they want to be. But who says that that's who says that that's good? You know, just because we can say yeah. it, walking down the street, who says that that's a big old deal? Like who says that that's just so much better? Whereas though in other places, right. you can't say certain, uh, you can't speak out profanity, and then, because you'll get a fine and stuff. Which I love that. Shoot, I love that. But let's have some let's let's practice some morals up in here. Let's have some you know, let's have some control of ourselves so that our babies can be raised properly though without us, you know, being all radical and being all say what to do what the heck we wanna do. You know what I'm saying? So um it's a lot with that. Yeah. But I just want to come in and say that I appreciate you um giving me the platform and um keep on keep up the good work and like I said, our voice is the one of the most powerful weapons. It's bigger than a nuclear bomb. Because our voices hold vibrations and um, it's power in it. So, you know, I, I was always told that when three, uh, more than one come in the midst of our creator is, 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 is omnipresent, he's here and he's in the midst. So, Father, please hear our cries, Father. And um, so we, we're tired, we're tired <laughs> of this crazy That's nonsense yeah. down here on this thing called Earth where these people keep Amen. messing with our children. So, we love you and I, and I thank uh-huh. you again. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Oh yeah, Chris, you 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 showed up on the right day. We we true universal soldiers, and we hear your call, and I like your call too. Your call is our call. So if if you invite us and Mary right. bring us and and she keep us together, then you have now more voices hey, and stand up people now towards towards what it is you have awesome. to do. I'm all for that. Let us know. Let us know. Hey, Queen, I'm offering to let him have his own show. What do you think? Oh, let's do it. Of course. Oh, we're there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Mary, Mary, Mary Place is really, she's being a, a connector, like putting the engine together so that that one machine uh-huh. can run flawlessly. Yeah, that's her. That's her. That's her. <laughs> that's what we need. We need puzzle pieces. Yes, puzzle we need puzzle pieces. pieces. The more puzzle pieces yes. we got, the more the more the light will show on what Ooh. is really going on down here. Mary, get that show, Mary. Mary, put that show together, man. Let me know what time. I I offered. He's got the final decision, so you need to talk to him about it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Leap of faith. Welcome, right. my, welcome, welcome to the family, Chris. Welcome to my world. All right. 
And we loyal. We're going to show up and show out every time. <laughs> yes, we loyal. Me Let's too. get the word out, Chris. Yeah. Yep. All right. You know, the thing that bothers me the most is, you know, like I started watching Core TV and Law and Crime Network, and literally 75% of the cases you hear are about kids being killed by a parent or step-parent. Mm-hmm. And all of them, CPS is involved, some sort or another that they fell through the cracks. It's like, why don't we highlight these things before it happens, not after it happens? Or you hear about these, you know, two-year-olds, one-year-olds. They happen to find them in the basement or in a cooler or underneath the house. And we're, how does a kid disappear and no one even knows? How does family not know? How does neighbors not know? We are in this age where we just don't pay attention to anything around us. We're so self-absorbed into our society, into ourselves, that we're not looking out for each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And perfect case, doomsday mom, little Miss Vallow. Right. Yeah. It took grandparents halfway across the country to fight to get something done. Mm-hmm. And by then it was too late. Yeah. And dad called the cops how many times trying to say she's batshit crazy. Right. Yep. Um, and then you have cases excuse me, like can you hear me? Where? Oh. I can hear. Oh, I'm sorry. I, when Mary just said that, I remember watching, a, um, I was scanning through Instagram, and I remember, you know, how they put up different videos, and it was this woman who was speaking, and she was announcing to the world that um, a lot of the missing children's reports, um, um, she was a whistleblower, that's what they called her, a whistleblower, and she said that she, had, she hadn't realized all the years she was working, for, you know, by time with the government, um, that the whole time the children, uh, the, the government was funding, and they was a part of like a huge operation when it comes to missing children and child trafficking. And it was, a, you know, the you know, Caucasian woman speaking about it, and you know, and she said she didn't know that she was working with them the whole time. She said, but she realized she's she's gonna speak up against it because it's not a good thing that they've been doing these things and, and billionaires and multi-billionaires are the sponsors of um, of these babies and, and they have these babies and they take these babies in their home and they become whatever the heck they want them to become to, to them. And um, it's just sick, you know. I, I really get sick to my stomach when I think about it, but I did come across a video like that on Instagram and the woman said, She's a whistleblower, and she was blowing that whistle. And, again, the voice is one of the most powerful weapons in the universe. And I appreciated that because, you know, you know, it's just crazy out here. You know, we wonder why things are the way they are. And um, the truth is more and more being brought to the light. And the truth is that uh, a lot of the missing children's report um, goes back to the government and the government having its hands on all these babies and, um, you know, doing whatever the heck they want with the children. That's, and, and, and that comes, and that makes good sense of why they are the ones who fund and pass these bills and legislations uh, for children to 
become whatever they want at the age of five and just say, oh, I want to be a, a, a woman and I'm a boy. And you, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think of it that way it's because they are against our creator because as the laws of the land does not say if you were born a girl, that's what you are. If you were born a boy, that's what you are. The laws of the land supports that. Okay, so I just wanted to say that. It's exhausting. It makes me exhausted when I think about it because I, 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 really don't, I don't really like people. I love them, but I don't like people because I don't trust them, and I don't. it's just too much going on out here. It makes me exhausted. So I just wanted to say that, and I thank you again, Mary, for letting me interrupt. I just remembered that it came to my head. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the sad part is people who are actually trying to do help, do the right thing, are the ones that end up fired, among other things. You know, I had a buddy that mm-hmm. used to work in the crisis center, and she, the first thing she did when she had these kids come to her was get their hormones tested, and which is legal. And so they'd correct the hormone levels in these kids because of the food that we're eating, and they would be normal. And because she was doing it that way and not holding their hand and saying, you need to go have this done, go see this therapist, go on these things, she got fired for it. So the people who are doing the right things are the ones that are being ostracized. Right. Yeah. And that's the way they want it. That's why it is the way it is. Like you were saying earlier uh, about how the philosophy rate uh, the female rates being so high. Well, now, see, that takes me back to the industrial era, right? Remember, they took men out of the home. You had to go to work to make money. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about everybody was allowed to have their home and do their thing and make their money or make what they need harder for the things that they need. They send men into a workforce, right? Yep. Then then the women's rights movement came, right? Now, we don't actually think that the government gave women rights because they asked for them or fought for them, do we? <laughs> they gave them those rights because then they're taxable. That's it. Then they're making money off of them. Right? So if now we've taken the father and the mother out of the home and made it to where it's illegal for them not to be raised by a school teacher, where are we going with it? We have to divorce the entire family. Then we have access freely to the children. But at the same time, they want to sit and ostracize you or, you know, look down upon you because you chose to, instead of making those big bucks, take a lower paying job or not work at all to be home with your kids. That's a right. bad thing. You are nothing yeah. because you chose to stay home. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I was the world's hugest douchebag because I let my ex-wife go to college, and uh, I decided to stay home with kids. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be with my children. That's why I had them. <coughs> I wanted my biggest thing was to prove to myself that I was a better father than mine was. That I could raise my son or my daughter without having to beat the crap out of it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be at work all day. Then who's raising my children? Some stranger. Nope. Strangers. I was raised strangers were bad. <laughs> And now it's, you know, electronics are raising our kids. Most parents spend more time glued to electronic device than they do actually sitting down and talking to their kids and working with their kids. Right. Yep, our cages are digital now. Yeah. It's even worse. Because it's so hard to control and see what they're being involved in. And then you've got the grooming. And we've you know, taken our children and, and corrupted them to the point that they need that external validation. You know, right. Everyone thought, you they're know, my kids were weird. Yeah. Exactly. You know, my kids are the ostracized in our town because to them, punishment means they can't go outside. Right. You know, I gave my nine-year-old a cell phone that sits on my counter. She goes, Mom, I don't need this. And the whole point I wanted it for her was to take it when she goes somewhere. It's like a tracker. <laughs> right. And say, you know, it's time to come home. Let's go and not have to track her down in the neighborhood. But, right. you know, to them, it's like, oh, my God, really? My kids don't freak out if they didn't have a cell phone. I'm like, well, my kids don't need it. They don't want it. Right. Yeah. I had to uh, I had to unhinge mine from electronics when he got here. I, uh, I've seen crackheads that were less addicted to screens. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And parents don't see anything wrong with it. You know, back when we were kids, it was all about the TV. Don't sit too close to the TV. Don't, you know, you're only, you know, get you to do your chores well, before you, know, you could even turn the thing on. Right. There's a, there's one thing that's a dead giveaway to uh, the harmfulness of the cell phone. Them guys that invented it, they don't let their kids play with them. Yep. That should tell you something. And it's that that we are, and people don't understand the fact that, you know, when it comes to the electronics, it comes to all this stuff, we're not teaching our kids problem solving. We're not teaching them stranger danger. We're not teaching them anything anymore. We're just letting society do it and letting them absorb. We're talking to them like adults, which in a a version we need to, but they don't need to know what's going on in 
as a young child, need to know what's going on with the elections or need to know what's going on with the new war, whatever that one is at the time. You know, we need to right. preserve their innocence while they're young and let them explore their imagination instead of right. filling their head with philosophical and educational crap at such a young age. We're not programmed. They're not robots to be programmed. Right. And that's what they want, though, because of the fact that we do live in a slave society. Those schools are training us to be worker ants, not people, not ones that think for ourselves anyway. And the ones that do get ostracized. Yeah. Well, that's why I took mine out. I homeschool mine. And we do a variation. We do online school, but mom is right there. Right. And I check over everything, and I'm monitoring what's being said. Right. Yeah. I, uh, we ditched, uh, what is it, K-12 out of uh, Hillsdale County in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time I heard trans history. I was done. They don't have any history yet. <coughs> too soon. <laughs> well, you know, when it came to this, well, that too, but you know what's funny is um, you're old enough to remember RuPaul when he first came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he came out about being different. No, he's married. Right. He's got kids. He's a he's a drag, and that was so unacceptable back then when I came out. But oh, yeah. when this whole trans culture came to him and said, "We want you to be our poster child and talk about it," he took his clothes off. <laughs> you know, he does his drag show, but that's it. He did, he's when he does his appearances now, he is literally a regular guy, and I didn't oh, yeah, even yeah. recognize yeah. him. Until he opened his mouth and started talking and realized that's who he was. He has nothing to do with this movement. No. No. Uh-huh. Let's nope. tell you something. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I have I have quite the opinion about that as well. <laughs> this is probably the same as ours. Well, probably not. You want me to shoot it at you? Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. So, um, I believe that uh, true spirituality, our connection in between us and whatever it is, higher power we believe in, Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, doesn't matter to me. Uh, I believe that the government has been driving a wedge between the people and spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I believe in God. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to throw a label on myself. I'm not going to call myself something that everybody's comfortable with because at the same time, I believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've 
spoken to a lot of people who believe the same and believe they have proof of it. When the Buddha is born, they prove that he is who he is through toys that he played with decades ago. You know what I mean? And I think right. that that wedge in between humanity and spirituality has left it to where we have echoes of what's gone on before with our soul. And I think that in today, when we're born, lacking that connection to who we were before and just hearing those echoes, it's what is making people think that they were born in the wrong body. And there's no support for that anymore in Western society. There's this manipulation into the idea of being something and changing into that instead of accepting who you could have been. You know what I mean? When I was young, I loved my mom. I wanted to be a girl. I dressed up like my mom. I hang out with my mom all the time. She couldn't do her hair without me. She couldn't do her makeup without me. She was pissed off most of the time because she couldn't pee without me. I was there all the time. I loved her clothes, dressed up like mom all the time, wigs, everything, glasses, high heels. I was a pretty little girl when I was four. And my mom supported that. My dad, as manly as he was, didn't care. Nobody cut something off because I did it. Right. And that's all normal. puberty. Yeah. I I was allowed to be who I was as a child and use my imagination. I hit puberty and, oh, geez, things kick in. The chemicals that are supposed to be there are there. And imagine I wanted to be a boy. How fair would it have been to me to deny me all of my children and the relationships that I've had with the women in my life because you wanted to assume you knew who I was. It doesn't but seem you were fair taught as a kid what it meant to be a girl, what it meant to be a boy. You were given the whole picture, and you followed what your body taught you needed to do. And we're not right. even doing that anymore. We're raising... No. And I'm speaking in a hole here, not in my household, but Correct. in a hole that gender neutral. We're not even giving our kids, you know, teaching them what it means to be a boy or to be a girl. Right. We're just leaving that a blank slate. So how do they know where they're going to go in life if they're never taught where to, what it means to be that way in both directions? And my son right. was the same way. He'd go put on his sister's dresses and run around and be a little girl. It's right. normal. That day he wanted to be like Sissy. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. and then there's some days he will do it just to screw with Dad because Dad he he's one of these kids <laughs> that will turn around and he can figure out and pinpoint what he can do to irritate you, and he will drive you to that edge, <laughs> drive you nuts. 
and he thinks it's hilarious, yeah. and I think it's funny, too. So, you know, Dad turned around and told him, you know, he would whine and whine and whine. And Dad said, you know what, are you a big boy or are you a baby? And he said, well, I'm a big boy. He goes, well, you're whining like a baby. And my kid looked at him and goes, fine, and goes and grabs a, a baby bottle and a blanket and walks through the house whining and crying like a baby. Dad tried to outsmart him. You can't outsmart this kid. And tried the psychology crap on him. I go, Dad, you're not that great. You can't do it. And Dad turns yeah. around and goes, fine, are you going to be a little girl and whine like a little girl? And he's looking at me waiting to get smacked. <laughs> and he goes, fine. And he goes and finds the biggest dress, girliest dress he could find, puts on heels and a wig and goes through the house flapping his hands. I'm a little girl. Wah, wah, wah. Now what, Dad? <laughs> and I roll it. You know, but I grew up as a tomboy, and that's not even a thing anymore. You know, I was the one that I'd punch you if you told me I could look a girl. Part of the reason I joined the Army is I was told I couldn't do it because I was a girl. But, you know, we're not even doing that anymore. It's like now it's you're a thing. Well, how do we teach identity to a child and teach them who they are as an individual if we don't even start with the basics that you're a girl or you're a boy? Right. Well, I don't know just... where that starts. <laughs> but I, I, I well, tell you what, they, uh, they took a few steps back in their movement when they started screaming about how they were coming for our children. Yeah. But the sad part is we have a huge population that's allowing it. They're jumping yeah. on the bandwagon. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of us jumping on the bag wagon to fight back as well, too, now, though. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I'm yeah. so happy about that. You know, I was told in my circle when we were having conversation, and I said, well, you know, how are they supposed to know? Well, then they said, well, if you open, if you look down at yourself, then that's what you are. Don't even discuss it with anyone. If whatever you're feeling, if you get confused, Look down at yourself, and yourself going to tell yeah. you who you are. Yeah. That's the hand you were dealt this time. <laughs> you were dealt in time. You know? Y'all gonna, all right. I was going to stay muted the whole time because we are already over past time. But, Lord, have mercy. Get country boy two minutes worth because... I was raised in a household of 17 people. There was never a question mark on whether you was a boy, boy, or a girl. But, Mary, I had part of your story because I hung out with my grandmama. She had hair way passed down her butt. She used to cut about 20-something inches of her hair away and off every year and give it away. But since I was the one being bullied before they knew what bullying was, you come on in here. You can help me cook. You can help me sew. You can help me clean. Of course, they made fun of those things. Oh, the women's jobs. Well, before the divine creator formed you and your mama's, yeah, she says, I knew you. Don't worry about what your brothers are going to say about you. I had plans to prosper you. Throw them a curveball, country boy. One man. Man and woman were equal. In essence, were different in function. 
You ain't supposed to have no baby, man. <laughs> you might help me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Queen right. says, do you got a little thing down there? Do you got two little uh, uh, two little identical things that sit right next to them? Then you're a boy. You're not supposed to have it yeah. removed. You're not going to have one sold on. And when first thing that we <laughs> did when we played with – Barbies, Mary, you remember we were talking about Barbie last week? Hey, Barbie. <laughs> Ken wanted to look down there. But if you pull Barbie's little yep. clothes off and look to see how she was made down there, she was nice and smooth, which means she was kind of like a girly kind of thing. If you had some bumps and rumps and a little hump over there, that means you're a boy. And then last one, yep. my mentor, Deborah Clark. Atlanta's still fighting with Miami as being the headquarters for trafficking, the number one city in the world for trafficking. And find out, have to watch who you're playing with nowadays. The people at the hospital is the ones that was explaining to people how to jack the kids when, when they used to be the ones that helped deliver the kids. Now they're the ones that help give them away. So you guys, but this yep. is what we have to do. So last one for me. Mary's heard me say it. Joel's heard me say it. We've had the privilege. I don't know what part of the world you're in, sir. Queen's way up in New York. Mary's way up in Minnesota. She had to show me where. But I call us one nation under love. I'm a Baptist, Southern Baptist. My best friend's a Catholic. He got he got saved by sprinkling him with holy water. My other friend's from India. She got murky poison and she went home and had to die bowing humility and everybody in the in the community come around and spit in top of her head. My friend Francis lost about three hundred something pounds. She got healed with herbs. Some people got dipped in the river. Some people got sprinkled with holy water. Some people did it with herbs. But everybody has the right to be saved. You guys, so that's why I call it one nation under love. Can you imagine a thousand names you could call him by and it won't be enough, but let me just solve it and push the pause button right here. He told me to remind you guys that I am, that I am, that I am. I am love. You can speak it in any language. You can speak it in tongues. You can speak it in Chinese, say it in American language. Oh, this let me just spell it out for you. L-O-V-E. <laughs> you can spell it good. You can spell it. You can chant it. You even know the song. But my question is, are you giving love? Are you giving love or just singing along? Back to you, Mary. Absolutely. Wow, that was short, short country. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long, there's a long version of me too. <laughs> I didn't come up short when it came to that. I call me a little country, but I'm a big country boy. <laughs> so we are almost out of time for today. Thank okay. you all for joining us. We ran out, of, ran over, which happens a lot on our shows. Now, if any luck, Chris will join us back here regularly once he figures out when and where. Absolutely. Okay, I'm excited. What party words? Go ahead, Queen. 
No, I said I'm excited about Chris, you know, I'm feeling comfortable. And, yeah, because we on fire. And, you know, you don't know all that who can do until you let them show or prove themselves. And that's what we're here for. And you heard Country Boy. That fire is in all of us. And and if it dog down, Country Boy going to come back and blow it back in you. So, you know, we're about, we about the father's business. So I, 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 I would be more than honored to... Uh, to take all that I have and bring it to the table. Um, and, can, and like uh, my niece said, Victoria, our voices is one of the lot, one of the, the most important tools we have. So thank you, Chris. I think you're changing the game. I think Mary feels it too. That's why you're here. So, and then one thing about this line is it's, it's really all in one, but yet we edify the individual that was sent by God to the line. And truly you are a vessel sent to us. <laughs> I'm going to high five you through the airways too, Chris, because, uh, you know, we got Queen, you got Mary there every day, but we've been looking for a few good men. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I got my armor on. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. I'm not going to sit by and just watch kids die. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, not. and so many people do. So, yeah. hang on one second, Chris. I'll talk to you off the air. Join us back here tonight at 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern with Gavin Johns and Rising to the Majors and his story on faith and how he is working to transform the lives of teenagers and kids and college students through faith and adversity and how to not give up and speak out and do something and help mankind. Thank you for joining us today. Have a good day. See you back here tonight. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count.